there, fictional friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And in continuing with our dark fantasy month for the month of November at November. Fully Booked, yeah, <laughs> uh, we figured, um, you know, what better way to, to do that than to do like a little stop motion creepiness and just add that to the roster of things that we're talking about. So, um... In that spirit, today we're going to be talking about, uh, the, what is it, the 2009 adaptation of Coraline, which was originally written and published in 1990 by Neil Gaiman. If you don't know who Neil Gaiman is, just Google him. It's everywhere. everywhere. Go read a Neil Gaiman book go, for the Yeah, God. that's it. Go, uh, God, go read one of the books. Go watch Good Omens or American Gods or like anything, anything, guys. Stardust. <laughs> Um, oh my god, yeah, see, I always forget, because it's very different, and I always forget. Love it, though. A parallel place. We've been waiting for you, Coraline. Where parents are always fun. I love your garden! Can't believe you did this! And everything is so good. What's shaking, baby? It just can't be real. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have buttons. Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true. My name. But you're wrong. Um. So Coraline currently is sitting at a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I was watching this and I said to my husband, if this movie had been directed by Tim Burton, yeah. it would have been so much bigger. Like, there would have been so much merchandise made I mean that, around yeah. this movie. Okay, so, okay. So, caveat to that, though, because I do want to play devil's advocate on that front. This movie is directed by Henry Selleck. Yeah. Um, who technically, and nobody is aware of this because of the name on stuff, is the actual director of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which would make sense because of the spindliness and, and all James the, and the Giant Peach. And J- so that I believe because yeah. there was clear like animation, um, conti- not continuity, but similarities. Yeah, yeah, and with like James the and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Um, I guess The Nightmare Before Christmas as well. So in the Nightmare, some cases. yeah. So yeah. the Nightmare Before Christmas, most people aren't aware because it's called Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas because he um, wrote the original story for it. Mm. I think he drew a lot of the characters for it and was very involved in it. But he didn't actually direct the film, and a lot of people think he did and Henry Selleck gets no credit for oh, that's too bad. and the nightmare before christmas is like a fucking masterpiece so the director yeah. should get some yeah. credit for that he was very heavily involved in many aspects from start to finish of this film mm. so i think that he deserves like a shout out for that and obviously um his forte is stop motion because he just seems to be really good at it you know you look at nightmare before christmas james and the giant peach coraline um he had one that came out more recently called one and Wild, which I haven't watched, but it's apparently pretty good. I feel like I have watched it's on this Netflix. One. It's on I Netflix. Yes, yeah. I've watched this one. It's yeah. actually really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm about to blow your you, Shereen, your mind specifically. So I rewatched this movie for the podcast. Um, I have never read the book. And I had only seen the movie one time before I rewatched oh my God. it, which I know it doesn't make any sense because it's very up my alley. Yeah. But it was like when it came out, I watched it, I liked it, and then it was just never on my radar but that's what again. I'm like it, it deserved to have the same level of popularity as the Nightmare Before Christmas. It does, in my opinion. No, I agree. Um, I read this book. 
I read this book when I was about nine years old okay. or eight years old. It scared the fuck out of me. Okay, listen. If I, okay, I believe you with the book, but like if I had seen this movie, particularly like the latter third of it as an actual child, yeah. I would have been fucking terrified. Right. And what I was thinking when I was watching it is when you watch the movie, yeah. because it's an animated movie, yeah. it takes a little bit of the spookiness out. Yeah, that's fair. A little bit. But when you read the actual book, because you're putting yourself in that character's shoes. Yeah, and you like, imagine it's, it's live it's action. Real. You don't it's imagine things action, in animation. Right? It's live action. It is fucking terrifying yeah. as a book. And as a child to read that, oh my God, does it set you straight in terms of your behavior. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, basically the novel and the movie uh follows it Coraline Jones yeah. who has recently with her parents moved to Oregon um from Michigan uh in the movie she's voiced by Dakota Fanning and I can't figure out if she's meant to have a Michigan accent but she says words in a really strange way sometimes like cat <laughs> and stuff and I'm like is that what people from Michigan sound like guys I don't know I'm, I'm Canadian I have no idea what people from Michigan sound like but she says things in a really weird very flat mm. way a lot of the time and I'm like that's strange is that what she's supposed to sound like like mm. I don't know I don't know what the specifics are so They've moved into this, what is it, Pink Palace apartment? Yes. <laughs> um, this little tiny, like, apartment building, and all the neighbors are wild. <laughs> she moved in with her parents, who are both, what are they? Horticulturists? Horticulturists. Yeah. <laughs> I love her mom's mug that says, I love mulch. Oh, my God, it's so funny. <laughs> um, but, like, if you watch it, like, so basically... Um, Coraline is kind of like this forgotten child because like her parents are trying to start like their own business. I believe they're, they're trying writing to a, write a book. They're getting a book published um, about like plants or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, they're very, very into their jobs. And I remember when I read the book, it was like, it's kind of like describing what it's like to be like an only child with older parents who are just really busy. Yeah, okay. You know, they, they don't have time for their kids. Because I don't, I don't know what, maybe, and maybe it comes across that way more in the book, but I will say like in the movie, like the first part, when you're watching it, you're like, wow, her parents suck. Yeah, and... Like, and, they're not it's nice. Like, it's like an exaggerated version, it is. right? Because, again, it's from her perspective, and it's funny watching this as an adult because, like, the mom has, like, these these big bags under her eyes. Oh, my eyes, God. And the dad is, like, super goofy and kind and of like dumb. And, like, kind of gaunt and weird yeah. looking. And then he's like, okay, I don't think that they do it in the book, or, or I just can't remember, but, like, you know, the food... I think they do do it in the book, actually. The food that he serves is, like, disgusting. It's, Ew. like, this, like, slime. Ew. And it's like a super exaggerated version of like everything wrong with your life, I don't think in the movie, I don't think it's sludge that he serves, but it's not stuff that she likes because she doesn't want to like eat the vegetables and stuff because she's like nine. So she like doesn't want to eat the stuff and her mom's like, shut up and eat your food. Exactly. And it's just sort of, it is, it's really parents who are so busy that they don't have time for a young kid. Like that's Mm -hmm. what it feels like when you're watching it. You're like, okay, like as an adult, I find like when you're watching it, you're like, that's what it seems like to me. It's like these parents, like, I don't know why they have this kid because they obviously don't have time for her. Yeah. And in the book she's miserable because she's had to move and like yeah and she's like her friends are all back in Michigan and stuff so she's like upset about it Mm -hmm. um so she doesn't have very much to do other than kind of explore the building and the like sort of area around her which is where she meets YB yeah um which is a shortened version of the name Yborn which like we don't have time to unpack that Moving on. That's an entire episode in and of itself. I was like, oh my God, these people's parents are horrible. <laughs> but again, it's they're supposed to be, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. He's a well, kind of a weird, eccentric kid with a neck problem. What the fuck is wrong with his neck? 
I don't think that, that his was a head thing is in like the book. under his shoulders. Oh, according to what I was reading, YB didn't exist in the book. I don't think he did because she was completely alone yeah. in the book. Yeah, he, yeah, they. I think because it's a it's a novella, like it's yeah. a shorter story. They expanded on a few things yeah. for the film. So I think that Henry Selick added like the character mm. and stuff of YB. But so yeah, yeah so she meets YB, who's like you know he's into like bugs and stuff. He's also like a nine-year-old boy. He's into like weird He's little... He's like um, Lucas in the new Goosebumps series. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like a little bit like that. He's, he's you know, he's weird. He's yeah. just like a little bit eccentric and a little bit quirky and a little bit strange. And he hangs out with um, the black cat that's sort of like a stray black mm. cat that lives in the area and like hangs out with him and a few other people. Uh, FYI, the black cat's my favorite character. Just keeping... Of just course. keep that in mind. He's fabulous. I know. Um, anyway... <laughs> So, um, and what, and YB gives her this doll that looks exactly like her, except it's got buttons for eyes. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's weird. Why does this dog look, why does this doll look like me? I think in the book, she finds the doll in the house. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause if there's no character to give it to her, like Mm -hmm. it needs to come from somewhere. I think that's what happens. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so that night she has, I think what she thinks is a dream Mm -hmm. where she, like she found this like little door Door. um in on the ground floor that like you know she finally managed to like get her she get her mom to get her mom like again her mom is so rancid towards her she's so mad yeah um gets a key to open it but then it's all bricked up so they just kind of leave it alone even though Coraline's like fascinated by the Mm. idea why is this tiny door here where does it go like why is it bricked up that's weird um so when she wakes up in the middle of the night she follows a jumping mouse, which mm. is a thing that you can find in North America, but I'm like, why a jumping mouse? Of all things you could have come up with, what a weird... I mean, like, they're fucking cute because of their long tails, but, mm. like, so random. Well, they do, they do the other mother's bidding. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, and there's the book, right, because What's-His-Face upstairs is, is making his mouse circus yeah. with them. Right. Sergei Alexander Sergei. Bobinski. I know. Which is the funniest name I've ever heard in my life. And can I just say that every I uh, movies with a, an eccentric Russian-speaking character, because I'm engaged to a Russian-speaking person, make me laugh so much. <laughs> mostly because their accents are never good. <laughs> no, and they're not accurate at all. Before I met your fiancé, I was going solely on these terrible Russian accents. Yeah, of course. Accents. How would you know? And um, listening to him speak Russian is not as comical as they make it sound no. in movies. No. You're just like, oh, it just kind of sounds like a european language it does well i mean to our to my ear it's like kind of a harsh language overall but anyway but it's just so he's ridiculous he's like a retired circus performer and he's trying to start a a mouse circus with the little jumping mice that that are like in his apartment with him which Mm -hmm. is so weird and apparently they talk to him what i don't know (laughs) um She's got that one upstairs. They're on the ground floor and then, or in like the main part of the house, I guess. Yeah. And then the basement is occupied by these two retired burlesque performers. They're so funny. Miss Spink and Forcible is the yes. other one's name. They're ridiculous. Just absurd women who have the most absurd conversations with each other. It's just, if... Two women who have been working together, living together for 50 years. Like, that's what they sound like. It's going to be us when we eventually live together. Maybe. If our, husband, <laughs> if our husbands die before us, that's probably going to be what happens. So, anyway. Um, so, she, in the middle of the night, she hears, like, noises. And she gets up. She follows the mice who go through the door, which mm. is now open and functional. And there's this weird tunnel that she can crawl through. And she's like, what the hell? So, she crawls through it. 
into a, a nicer version of the house that they're currently living in. It's like a nice... It's very uh, cozy, all put yeah. together. Because what they're um, living in right now, it's very old and quite run down. And like they don't have time to like decorate no. or like move in properly. So like this house is very inviting and welcoming. And it's yeah. basically what the house would look like if her parents had time. Yes. Yeah. Um, where she meets the parents that are in this other version, this other version of the house, um, who look exactly like her parents, except they have buttons for eyes. So fucking scary. It's really weird. And I also, as a nine-year-old child, like would not know how to react to this at all. When I when I read this book as a nine-year-old, I like, you know, you kind of get through the context of it. You're like, yeah, her life kind of sucks. Like, sure. yeah, she's moved. Yeah, her... I can't remember if the neighbors are included in the book. Mm -hmm. um, all this is kind of happening. Um, but then you get to the buttons for eyes. And then you're like, what the fuck <laughs> am I like, reading? Wait, what? <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> yeah. Um, so she meets them. They're really nice to her. They pay attention to her. They give her all the food that she likes. Anything she wants. Anything she wants. They're like, here, here, this is for you, this is for you. And then... They tuck her into bed in, again, a much nicer, more colorful room than what she has right now. And when she wakes up in the morning, she thinks it was a dream, mm. even though it felt really real because she wakes up and she's back in, like, her regular place. Right. Um, she, you know, what, she, like, meets YB again the next day, mm -hmm. and he talks about the fact that his grandmother, who he lives with, her sister disappeared a number mm. of years ago, like, when they were kids or whatever. Um, you know, she spends time, like, with the neighbors and stuff like that, and when she goes to see Miss Spink and Miss Forcible, who's it? Spink reads her tea leaves mm. and, again, like, warns her away from doing anything because she's like, don't, whatever it is, like, something's reaching out for you. Something bad is happening. Don't, yeah, don't, don't go do to that. It. Yeah. No. Um, but the next night, obviously, she doesn't listen. She puts cheese out and decides to follow the mice back through the tunnel and go back into the other house. Mm -hmm. um, and she finds, oh, yeah, that's it. She finds the other father, her other father. That's what she calls them, other mother and other father. <laughs> who um, her father has, this father is not overworked and no. upset all the time. So he has this lovely garden in the mm. backyard with all these like beautiful, magical, very whimsical looking mm -hmm. things. Um, and um, again, the mother is like making her all this great food that she loves and everything. And they're being all nice Doing to her. She wants and they her. bring her this version of YB who yeah. can't he talk. Can't speak. And he's got buttons for eyes. And he's too. also got buttons. Everybody has buttons for eyes. Um, it's really weird. Um, and he can't speak because she finds like the regular YB is annoying because he talks too much. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really dark. So this one just can't speak at all, which yeah. is really upsetting in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, she goes to see the circus with the mice, which mm. in this iteration of things do a really good job. Like yeah. they actually, you know, like can like perform in the circus like act properly where like the Bobinski that lives in the regular world his mice don't really do anything that they're supposed to do uh, so they have like that fun little thing and then she goes to see Miss Fink and Miss Forcible do like a burlesque act which by yeah. the way starts out hilarious because they're both old yes it's so good oh my god they do such a good job in this movie Miss Forcible's boobs are just like on so another funny. level it's so, so funny good. it's very funny it's very um that weird uh 
purposeful, disproportionate looking figure that you get in a lot of stop motion yeah. stuff mm-hmm. uh, because it's meant to like portray the character of the corpse bride yes. has a lot of yes, stuff yes, like yes. that, you know, like yeah. that kind of vibe to it. Um, but they perform and like their actual younger selves mm-hmm. are supposedly hiding in the bodies. And so they come out and like, you know, it's all fun and whatever. And she has like a really good time. And this is around the time that the other mother tells her like, she could stay here. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you could stay here with us. Um, you know, we love you. We really like to, for you to stay here with us. And, and you she's can always have everything, you, everything want. you want, you know, and like you just, you would just have to agree. And they're like, we would just have to do something that's a surprise for you to stay. And she's like, what does that mean? And then they take out this box with buttons and a needle and thread and tell her that they would need to sew the buttons or over her eyes or take her eyes they would take her eyes out and replace them with buttons and the thought of it is just like oh and the other father makes this comment of just like it's really sharp you barely feel it and i was like oh yeah oh yeah absolutely terrifying once again remind yourselves what you would feel like if you were reading this as a nine-year-old and you're because this is literally what happens in the book and she's like you would just have to replace your eyes with buttons and i'm sitting there going yeah and so Coraline is like rightfully terrified and is like i'm just i'm gonna think about it i'm gonna think about it you know (laughs) um and so she like she goes she tries to go back to the other like her regular world right she's like i'm gonna go to sleep i'm just gonna go to bed i'm gonna wake up and i'll be back in my regular one it's fine goes to sleep wakes up she has not gone back. No. She's stuck there. She's still in the same place. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is around the time that she also realizes that the cat yeah. is in both worlds, but the cat doesn't have buttons on its eyes no. in the other world. And then the cat is like, oh, no, no. I, first of all, it starts talking. Yes, it can talk in the other world. Yes. And um, he's like, oh, no. He's like, I can travel back and forth whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Cats are special. Mm-hmm. We knew that. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Um, the cat's voice by Keith David, which probably makes me like him more as well. Keith David is Goliath from Gargoyles. He's Dr. Facilier from The Princess and the Frog. Oh, um, yes. He's also been in a ton of different movies, like John Carpenter's The Thing and like a whole bunch of others. Mm-hmm. He's a very prolific voice and like physical actor. Mm-hmm. Very cool dude. I love him and I love his voice and everything that he does. He's got like, a voice acting voice. voice. He's got a great voice. So yeah. he voices the cat which just makes me love the cat even more because it's all sassy (laughs) and he's like you know he gives her information a lot of the time and not in like a terrible way he's just kind of like i don't know i think this is probably what you should do (laughs) based on my observations yeah based on what i'm seeing basically um so when she tries to escape (laughs) basically she's like okay i need to get back to my world she tries to escape and the other mother kind of reveals what she actually looks like because she's just made herself mostly look like she made herself into a copy of the mom mm. um but she's she looks like a spider kind of like she's got extra yes. legs yeah. and she gets all like tall and like spindly looking yeah. it's gross yeah um and weird and very jagged and sharp looking and not you know like motherly looking at all no not at all um and says like you know she's like oh no you're not leaving like you're gonna stay here and you're gonna stay here until you make your decision and you listen to what i'm telling you basically Mm -hmm. and throws her into this room and locks her in there and when she's in there she discovers the next terrifying part of this story it's really sad there are three children's spirits who are stuck in this room um 
they had been enticed the same way that Coraline mm-hmm. was by the other mother, who I assume had transformed herself to look like their other mother. More than likely. Um, and th- they enjoyed themselves so much that they agreed to stay there and they agreed to have their eyes taken out yeah. and put and made with buttons. Um, and what they reveal is that um, when she takes their eyes, she takes their soul. Basically, yeah. Um, and so she's trapped them because she has their souls. Which so is she- probably Neil Gaiman's like play on like the eyes or the window to the yeah. soul or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And so she, so these three children are ghosts and they're stuck Mm -hmm. and they then say that they're going to help her because they don't want the same thing to happen to her because she doesn't yet have buttons for eyes so she's not stuck there and she says like you know she's like what is it like what is she like the other mother and they call her something called the bell dam yeah and they say that it's the bell dam when she's angry that's it she does this yeah and she has been obviously doing this for a while because she's done this to all three of these children and she uses the dolls that look like the kids mm. to spy on their lives mm. and find the weaknesses and find what she can use to exploit and to entice them yeah. into staying mm-hmm. in the other world with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask Coraline, can you please find our eyes yeah. and set and, us free so yeah. that our souls will be free and that so we we're can not stuck move here. on, like mm-hmm. we can leave, basically. Um, she says she's going to try her best, mm-hmm. which I appreciate that she's not like, absolutely. She's like, I'll, I'll try. Yeah. Like, see what I can do. Yeah. Um, and she's able to get back to the regular world because the other world, YB, helps her. Um, get yeah, through the door. He, he gets her out. Um, he's had his mouth sewn into oh, a smile. Oh, I hate that because he was frowning before and yeah. the other mother didn't like it. Oh, yeah. I hated that so much. She, I was like, no, baby. She said, if you frown, then Coraline's, Coraline's not going to want to come back yeah. here. So she sewed his mouth into a smile. So Coraline like takes it out, like takes off the, the sewing, anyway, yeah. whatever. Um, anyway, he helps her. So she gets back through uh yeah and then you know but she has to go and save these kids right she yeah. wants to set them and she free. also like has realizes around this time that her parents are missing yeah. because the beldam has taken them mm-hmm. as well and trapped them um she sees them in a mirror at yeah. first they're trapped in like some sort of weird winter dimension because they're all covered with ice and oh, snow and they the, look really cold snow globe yeah yeah oh right that's it they're in, yeah, the snow they're globe. in the snow globe um yeah so she has to go back because she has to do that and she has to, you know, make sure that she can save her parents and she can also save the kids mm-hmm. potentially as well. And the cats, the cat is like, well, she likes to play games. So I think you should suggest this as like a game mm. with her that like, you know, within an amount of time, like you'll find the eyes mm. and you'll be able to, you'll figure out where your parents mm. actually are and you'll be able to tell her that. Um, so she does that and the Beldam agrees to it and it's like, okay, fine. Um you know, she finds out that the other YB was killed because mm. his little suit is hanging up yep. and there's nothing in it. And I'm like, oh, God. And the other father isn't actually a person. It's like a weird, like, praying mantis Oh, that was creature. terrifying. Oh, my God. All the fucking bug things. I hate it. This whole movie and book is terrifying, but he is, like, he's coming at her trying to attack her and he's apologizing to her the whole time. Yeah. Saying, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do the this. And other he, mother. I'm like, mother is making yeah, me do he, this. Yeah, and he gives her one of the souls yes. as he's, like... Like going down, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah, as he basically dies, also, yeah. Um, she is able through 
That and then one of the, uh, I think it's Miss Forcible, has like a pearl ring on her hand, mm-hmm. which is one of the other eyes as well, one of the other things in which they're trapped. So she's able to get that. Um, and then she's finally able to get the third one as well. And she tricks the other mother because she's like, oh no, I know where my parents are. They're through the door just to get her to unlock the door mm-hmm. so that she can get back. And then very meanly throws the cat at her. <laughs> I knew her. you were going to get mad about that. Oh my God, it made me so mad. I was like, wow, well, I forgot about this and it pissed me off. Yeah. Um, throws the cat at her is just like, man, like the cat's pissed too, which I don't fucking blame him for. Yeah. Um, yeah he, so he like attacks her, has a fight with the yeah. other mother and then he leaves, which like I would also oh, yeah, dip at that point. Right He's like, there. no, thank you. That was ridiculous. Um, at this point the entire room turns into like a big spider web yeah. and the other mother kind of reveals like her final form sort of like which what she really looks like which is kind of like a like a spider. big skeleton spider thing yeah. uh, this whole scene where she's chasing her on the spider's web because uh, Coraline because she threw the cat at her the cat scratched the button eyes out of yeah. her face yeah. so she can't see right so she's just chasing her based on like a spider how and like in a Coraline in a spider's has... web it it if you trigger something it can feel where oh, yeah, you are yeah. so it will follow its prey up that's exactly what they what she does right and like side note Coraline has found the snow globe <laughs> containing her parents at this point yes and, and she's trying to she's get out trying with to it get out. basically yeah. so she manages to climb out, climb through and get the, um, get the door closed and everything. Um, and so she narrowly escapes when she gets back through the snow globe is broken and mm. her parents are there, but they don't remember like anything that's happened. They don't even acknowledge that they're covered that in they're snow. cold. Like they're cold. Yeah. They've got ice and snow all over them. Like yeah. nothing, nothing is nothing. said at yeah. all. Um, but they've finished their book and they're really excited about it. And mm. so they do like actually like give her a little bit more attention yeah. and everything. Um, you know, her mom buys her these gloves that she wanted at the beginning mm. of the film when they were shopping for like school uniforms and stuff she wanted yeah. these like colorful gloves and her mom oh, wouldn't yeah, get them yeah. for her and then she gets them for her at the end and they plan a party um uh, as like a garden party to like get to know the neighbors and everything invite everybody over YB and his grandmother and mm-hmm. stuff like that as well um and that night is basically the ghost kids now that they're basically free yeah. they do come back to warn her like it's not done yet mm. like it's not over you're still in danger and the other mother her hand had been severed yeah. when her and Coraline were fighting over the door and so the hand has come through yeah. and it's trying to get to her basically um, and she's she's got the key to the door and she's like I need to get rid of it I need to yeah. I need to go put it somewhere where like no one will find it so she goes to bury it but the hand shows up and fights with her and again and it looks like a it's like a metal spider basically well, yeah it looks like it's made of um needles like kind uh, of like, uh, sewing needles mm-hmm. if you look at it closely mm-hmm. and i think that's what it's made of that's probably what it is yeah. that would make sense because it would tie into everything with the, the sewing of the buttons and yeah. all that stuff as well so it attacks her it almost gets her but yb comes to the rescue on his bike mm-hmm. and he like destroys it he they bash it with a rock and then they bear they throw it down a well and they get rid of the key at the same time and so then like the closing is just like the next day when they have their garden party mm. and you know everybody gets to like meet each other and Coraline gets to meet YB's grandmother and I think is going to have a conversation with her about her sister yeah. and like what happened potentially to her and that's kind of like how they close everything out and the cat forgives her which he didn't have to do <laughs> you're so mad he was my favorite character 
I loved him. Sassy, just sassy enough, yeah. you know? Sassy, not yeah. not too Cheshire cat, like just sassy enough that I was like, yeah, that's like a cat. a cat. He's like yeah. a cool cat. He's a good cat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would say the movie, from what I remember, the book, because I would never read that book again. No, um, I love that it like traumatized <laughs> you. <laughs> Not that it was badly written. It was very well written, very captivating. I just remember being so shocked that it was written for children. Yeah. Um, because Neil Gaiman had another book that he wrote for children. It's called The Graveyard Book. Um, mm-hmm. A lot more tame. Uh, it's about a young boy whose parents are murdered when he's a baby and um as i think he escapes the murderer like as a baby he crawls he crawls away and he winds up in a graveyard and, and all the ghosts yeah. look after him they for the like rest raise of his him yeah. basically yeah they it's really him. cute um and his name is bod because he his name is nobody cuz he doesn't have a well name. they didn't know what his name yeah. was when he arrived obviously right. so they just named him bod and it's yeah. really cute it's extremely cute so if you want a neil gaiman's children's book that doesn't traumatize you i mean it is like it is still dark in a way but at the same time it's it's not quite as much as as this this is like when you really get into the nitty-gritty of this you're like oh god what the fuck this is scary now when i'm in my 30s yeah no but brilliant author brilliant writer um love neil gaiman and the movie was really well done um yes very well done everything looks so good um there's something there is, there's something extra additionally whimsical about um, stop motion yeah. animation mm-hmm. that really just works. I don't know what it, it is. Did. It just does. And they did a good job choosing to do this movie that way. I think like, so. I, I, I think, think it works. It was, the animation yeah, style works so incredibly well. I agree. Yeah. So um, so that's it. Um, was the book better? Um, yes, I suppose, if you want the terrifying factor, but the the movie was very enjoyable. Yeah, I think it I think it depends, I guess, like what your perspective yeah. is on that. Um so have you guys seen Coraline? You probably have. Most people have probably seen it more than I have, honestly. Yeah. Um and or have you read the book? <laughs> uh you can let us know about that over on Instagram, on TikTok, and on threads at fully booked CA. And you can also check out our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you're still here with us for Dark Fantasy Month, please leave leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.